Hey guys, uh, this is Yusuf of Phoenix. I said what I said last week about that Giants game was a trap game. And I heard what you said, and we had exchanges over Twitter, and I, I understand, and I, I probably got a little mad that I needed to. But today is a whole other story, and similar things happen that I've seen all season. We're playing in zone, we're playing off, and our our corners are pressed corners. They should be physical, correct? I've seen it all season, and we've got away with it because we haven't played, you know, great teams, so we've been able to cover it up with our blitzes and things like that. And last week, we got away with it. I said, and I'm still concerned after our talks, if the Bucks play like they did against the Giants, it was going to come back to bite them in the butt, and it did. If we play like this the rest of the season against teams like the Rams and Kansas City, we're not going to win. I, I'm just so mad. G- give Devin White a lot of credit. He played his butt off tonight. I thought, um, but this is unacceptable. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks Nation? Welcome to today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, brought to you by Pepsi. This football season has been different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi made for football watching. I'm your host of today's episode, David Harrison. One half of the normal hosting duo, James Yarko, my co-host, is off for today's episode. Both of us cover your Tampa Bay Buccaneers for SB Nation over at BucksNation.com. You can find me on Twitter at DHarrison82. Find James at JayYarko underscore Bucks. Of course, find the show at LockedOnBucks. On this Tuesday episode, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' 38-3 loss at home on Sunday Night Football to the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, a whole lot of negativity going around, a whole lot of problems. We're going to talk a little bit more about those, what they mean, what they might mean moving forward in the future, and potentially really trying to talk about what we think or what I think, I guess, that that the Buccaneers might be able to do to get this thing back on track. Still sitting at 6-3, and three, still a very strong position in the National Football League, in the NFC. So we kicked off today's episode there in the pre-roll with Yusuf out of Phoenix. And if you guys have listened to this show for any period of time, you know that Yusuf is one of the familiar voices you're going to hear on this show. He calls in a lot. He's always got a lot of great points to talk about. We do have some other calls that we'll get to on this today's episode too to help kind of steer this conversation. Going back to before the Giants game and everybody talking about the Giants could be a trap game and, and we were wondering if, you know, everybody was looking ahead of this, to the Saints game too much and, and all that stuff. Look, we talked about that and you know, James and I, yeah, we we might have been looking forward to the Saints game a little bit, but that's okay because we're sitting on the ends of microphones, not wearing pads, not wearing headsets on the field. And James and I did say that, listen, you don't play the Giants the way that you played or the way that you go up against the New Orleans Saints. You don't come into a game against Drew Brees and some of those weapons the way you come into a game against Daniel Jones and his weapons. And shock is a word that's been getting thrown around a lot. Bruce Arians talked about it, the media has talked about it, and I'm going to say it, say it as, as well here. Guys, I think everybody was was blown away, taken back, shocked by the way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came out trying to play this New Orleans Saints team. And Yusuf, you're 100% right. They came in trying to get home with their front three, front four, whatever you want to call it, put their guys in zone coverage, put their guys in off coverage a lot. Now, Bruce Arians did come out and say in the press conference that they actually blitzed more than he thought you know, during the game and right after the game by going back and watching the film. Maybe that's true. But we can't say that this was a trademark aggressive defense the way that Todd Bowles' defenses have been marketed 
and been sold to the mass football watching public. It just wasn't that team. And when you have inexperienced guys going up against savvy veteran quarterbacks who have seen all the coverage schemes you can bring, all the all the secondary combinations you can throw at him, it's very hard to trick him. And when you don't put pressure on him, then that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to basically rely on your defense to capitalize on a, mis- on a mistake that you're expecting the quarterback to make because of your scheme. And that's just not going to, ha- I mean, that's just not going to happen against Drew Brees. Like it's it's going to be very rare that Drew Brees makes his own mistake and, and puts his team in a precarious situation. Talk about physical cornerbacks versus zone cornerbacks. This secondary makes their money on playing physical, on beating their person man-to-man, you know, uh, one-on-one, whatever you want to call it, with physicality versus playing in the zone. Playing in the zone is much more of a cerebral game than it is a physical game. It's all about knowing when to leave your zone, when to stay in your zone, when to pass your guy, when not to pass your guy. Communication, again, something that Bruce Arians talked about that was lacking against the New Orleans Saints, communication in the defense. He mentioned the, the secondary, the safeties, and he also mentioned the inside linebackers, Levante David and Devin White. I think Devin White more than Levante David. But that communication piece, of it, it's a much more of a mind game when you go into zone coverage like that than it is a physical game, and we've seen it time and time again. The secondary is better when they're playing a physical brand of football. They're better when they can just beat their opponent. Now, that's the defense I think we were all expecting. That's not the defense that we got. Another thing about the secondary, about the defense whole, guys, coming out of the games against the Packers and the Raiders, I made a comment to Carmen Vitale, which came on the show, and I said that when this team is playing well, especially this defense, when they're playing well, I don't think I've ever seen a defensive unit have so much fun playing football, and I stand by that. When they're playing well, this group has more fun than really. I look back to the Legion of Boom, guys. I don't think that group had as much fun together playing good defensive football than the way that the Buccaneers unit is doing right now. However, I also said it's it's amazing to me because as excited as they get, they don't actually play worse, they actually play better. I'm not seeing an excited defense these last two weeks against the New York Giants and against the New Orleans Saints. I'm not seeing an excited defense that's out there having fun together, just kind of partying with the boys and making things happen. I'm seeing a defense that's pressing. I'm seeing a defense that's coming in stiff. They're coming in a little slow. They're coming in a little apprehensive. They're, they're almost a little too deliberate trying to make things happen. If you listen to the show for a while, you've heard me say this before, that you can't try to make things happen. You just got to go make them happen, right? Going back to my previous career, I've had young people come to me all the time and say, look, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to get that. I'm trying to do that. I've had people come to me and say, I'm trying to be a sports writer. I'm trying to get into podcasting. Look, you're either a sports writer, you're a podcaster, or you're not. There is no try. You're either doing it or you're not. So if you're a linebacker, you're either a, you're either a linebacker in pass coverage or you're not. And I'm talking to Devin White. We've had this conversation before. Uh, in the past, well, going back to his rookie year, Devin White has some of the, the best instincts in the National Football League. He's got the the, the fastest click and close I think I've ever personal, personally seen in person. But at times, it's like his, his desire to make a play on the ball, make a play against quarterback, overrides his intelligence on the football field. And he's a smart football player. He doesn't get deep enough in his zones. He doesn't like to follow his receiver through his assignment. He's always trying to find a way to make a play at the line of scrimmage, make a play on the ball, make a play on the quarterback. And those things come up great when it's fourth down and Derek Carr is scrambling and, and Devin White comes screaming in like a heat-seeking missile and just drills him out of bounds to close the game out. Those things are great when that side of things happens, when those type of things happen. It's not so great when Devin White gets beat behind or get when a, when a receiver gets behind him and beats him. It's not so great when he falls out of coverage and it leads to a touchdown. And those are some things that we're seeing happen more and more these last couple of weeks. And I think it's happening because we're trying too hard. I think Devin White is out there trying to make plays, trying to spark the defense, trying to make something happen instead of just letting the game come. And it's not just Devin. Don't get me wrong, guys. I love Devin White. I don't think it's just him. I think it's a lot of these guys. Honestly, the only defensive players I see out there right now just playing within the limits of their game and letting the game come into them, and Dominic and Sue, 
Levante David, and Will Golston. Everybody else to a man, to me, to me right now, looks like they are trying to make things happen. They are trying to get it done. Instead of just playing their role, setting up their guy, reading, reacting to the play as it comes out, and having fun. And I think that's what needs to happen. The Buccaneers defense needs to get back to having fun. Because the last two weeks of, of defense and then the last week of offense for the new, for, against the Northern Saints, absolutely, you said, use the word unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Unacceptable for the fans. Unacceptable for the media. Unacceptable in the locker room. Unacceptable in the meeting rooms with the coaches. And I guarantee you the Glazers are not happy either. Jason Light's not happy. Nobody's happy right now. Antonio Brown, finally back in football. Finally getting, what, fourth or fifth chance to get this thing right for once. Probably really happy coming into Sunday night. Even that dude cannot be happy today after the way those that went down. But I will tell you what we are happy about, and that, of course, is guys like Yusef and some of our other fans that we have calling in, letting us know how they feel, letting us know their opinion. Because fans like you have brought sponsors like Pepsi to us, even with everything going on in the world, because this football season has been different and will continue to be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I was having some conversations on Twitter with some fans, especially overseas fans, talking about being up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch that debacle and that embarrassment that the Buccaneers laid on tape on Sunday night. I go back to my days in the military. I remember being overseas. I remember either getting up or staying up to watch some of those games. Definitely part of that generational talent that Pepsi is trying to fuel here, guys. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com. Check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi, Made for Football Watching. And guys, if you're new to the show, then we thank you greatly for joining us, especially following a game like this, because I can't imagine you really want to relive it or, or listen to people talk about it even more. But we're happy that you're here to do it. And another newcomer to the show that we're happy is here to participate is Axon Taser. Protecting my family has always been my number one priority, but you know I want to do it safely. And the people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Axon Tasers has a line of non-lethal self-protection devices that are small and lightweight enough to carry with you yet they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker should you meet one. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting, emergency dispatch, GPS location upon firing, which sends an emergency signal to your local emergency department to let let them know automatically that you are in need of help as you make your escape. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with a Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. Guys, If you've been listening to the show again, you know my background. Now, I can stand here and honestly say that I have been fortunately blessed to have never been shot before, but I have absolutely seen what happens when a gun is employed in the hands of someone who's not prepared to employ it. I can also add to that that I have been both tased and pepper sprayed. Neither experience is a fun experience, but believe me, your assailant, if you are unfortunate enough to come up against one, can absolutely fight through being pepper sprayed and most of the time when you pepper spray someone you also get pepper sprayed it's not a fun experience if you've never experienced it don't recommend it but having been tased i can also tell you it is absolutely the self-defense mechanism of choice for those of you who either don't have a gun are nervous about guns untrained and don't want to carry pepper spray because that stuff is nasty trust me you don't want to mess with it protect yourself and your family with taser's line of smart self-defense products taser is available without a permit in most u.s states make sure you check your state to see what the laws say about tasers but most u.s states allow them without a permit get the taser pulse plus at taser.com using the promo code nfl for 15 percent off again that's t-a-s-e-r.com 
Use the promo code NFL for 15% off. Restrictions do apply. See the site for details. Hey, guys. It's Sean. I'm not in the greatest mood, and, uh, yeah, my emotions are boiling, but uh, I'm going to make sure I keep this PG for obvious reasons. This cooking staff, BA and Byron Lefkowitz, Byron Lefkowitz, for sure, is the worst offensive coordinator in all football. I'm literally hearing or seeing on Twitter and on Facebook fan armchair GMs, as we like to call them, that know, have a better idea on how to run this offense. This offense is so, so predictable. It's ridiculous. Even John Ledger, the Fury Report, was just just uh, going hard on Byron because of the predictability and the just anemic ways how this offense was run, especially when you have, what, first and goal, and you can't even get into the end zone. You turn over on downs. How is that even possible with all these weapons and defense? I don't know where the real top Bulls is, but he's not there right now. Hell. In my 20 years, or my close 20 years of watching this team, this was the first time I've ever had to stop watching the game. I would stop at halftime. I could not watch that embarrassment any longer. So, in football, the chance to leave your mark. And what do you do? You do what you always do. You embarrass yourself in front of everyone. And you make yourself look like an ass right on national television. That, that, that is so unacceptable. This team's not a Super Bowl team. Oh, I don't even know if this team's a playoff team anymore. Back now on the Locked On Bucks podcast. Always great to hear from our buddy Chef, which you wish it was under better circumstances, but hey, it is what it is. We're all trying to navigate these emotions, these feelings, again, following the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, and their just embarrassing debacle on Sunday Night Football against New Orleans Saints. And Chef right there calling in, look, talking about the coaches. Really. He also had a little bit about the defense coaching of Todd Bowles. We talked about the defense in the first segment, so really we're going to focus in on the offense and on Byron Leftwich and chef there calls Byron Leftwich the worst offensive coordinator in the national coordinator in the national football league. And I will say this, that I have to believe that that is the worst offensive coordinator performance that the national football league has seen at least this year. But as far as calling Byron, the worst offense coordinator in the national football league, I can't get that far. And I'll tell you why I can't get that far. It's because I don't know how much of this is actually on Byron. Listen, we've been talking about it all offseason. The Tom Brady was going to come in. He was going to have an influence on the off, on the offense. How much influence is he having? We don't actually know inside the building. Bruce Arians said it last year that every once in a while he'll come in the headset and say, Byron, take a shot here. Or Byron, do this. Or Byron, do that. How much of that is still going on, if any at all? You're going to have Byron drive the car. You've got to let Byron drive the car. And I just don't know how much Byron is actually driving this thing from a snap to snap, play to play, play call to play call. Game, game plan, decision-making uh, aspects. So I can't quite put all the blame on Byron Leftwich just because I don't know the entire picture. That's it. Now, anybody else who's mad, I mean, if you're just mad in general about the offensive game plan, absolutely, 100% with you. Bat- mad about the execution, the play calling, absolutely, 100% with you. Yep, uh, absolutely, just it, just not an acceptable way. Unacceptable is the word that we're using. Uh, Chef talks about that first and goal uh, exchange there, that series there. And listen, I mean... <laughs> It was painful. First and goal was painful. Second and goal was painful. Third and goal was painful. Fourth and goal was painful. And I'll be honest with you guys. When Rob Gronkowski dropped that touchdown pass on third and goal, I said out loud, I said, just take the points. Just take the three points. At that point, the Buccaneers had not scored yet. I got it. It's fourth and goal. I got it. The field goal is not going to get you in range to win this game. Listen, I wasn't even at a point right now where I'm saying you could win this game. I'm at a point in that game, watching that game, saying you just need to have something positive happen. Put points on the board. 
Rob Gronkowski dropping that touchdown pass was the NFL universe's way of saying, you're not getting a touchdown on this drive. Take what we're giving you. And they didn't do it. I don't know if that was Byron's call. I don't know if it was Bruce's call. I don't know if it was Tom's call. Whoever's call it was, to me, the wrong call. It wouldn't have made a win anyway. It, like The Bucs weren't going to win that win that game at that point anyway. But I stand by my, my opinion there that I think that on that fourth and goal, they should have just taken the points, come back, try to build off a little bit of positivity that they got points on that previous drive. Instead, they walk off the field with their heads down, no points on the board. And I mean, it's, it just you know got worse and worse. Honestly, guys, I think a little bit of the problem from what I'm seeing, and again, I'm not in the meeting room, so this is just kind of an outside opinion. I think that the Buccaneers are trying to approach some of these big games, these Monday night football games, Sunday night football against the New Orleans Saints, like they're, quote, just like any other game, quote, unquote. And they're not. They're not just like any other game. Teams show up for primetime matchups. Teams show up for playoff atmosphere matchups. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming against New Orleans Saints on Sunday night football in Raymond James Stadium should not have approached this game like it's just any other game. Like, guys, we're just going to come in there, play our game, do what we do best, and we're going to come out there and we're going to impose our will on these guys. It's just like any other game. No, it's not. The New Orleans Saints came out and played this game like it was a playoff game. And because of it, they now lead the NFC South. And then Chef gets into whether or not this is a Super Bowl team or a playoff team. And listen, here's here's what I'm going to say, and, and I don't think some of you are going to like this, but there are no Super Bowl teams right now, and there are no playoff teams right now. There are teams that are midway through the season in November looking to establish themselves in playoff position to have a chance at the Super Bowl, and that's how it goes every single season. There is a team right now, guys, that we're not even talking about. Last year was the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans, well, I don't even know, they backed into the playoffs and then made a whole lot of noise. That was a playoff team when the, when the playoffs came. So right now, I'm not worried about whether or not the Buccaneers are a, are a playoff caliber team. I'm not worried about whether they're a Super Bowl caliber team. I will tell you that on paper, they're just as good as anybody else, and I stand by that to this day. What I'm worried about is week to week to week, do we see the same mistakes? Do we see the same problems, whether it comes from a schematic standpoint or execution standpoint? One week is an anomaly. And I know some, I was watching NFL or Good Morning Football this morning on the NFL Network, and they were talking about this may be an outlier. I was listening to another podcast talking about this being the outlier. I disagree. The Giants game was the outlier. Now, they won, but that performance was terrible on the defense side of the ball. That was the outlier. The offense wasn't that great either. They did do some good things. They did some decent things. Tom Brady, 70% completions, 100-plus you know, QBR, uh, whatever, whatever that means to you. This is the second week. The second week, now you have a little bit of a trend. Third week, what happens against Carolina? Now you've got habits for me. If they come out and play this type of football in week in week nine or week ten rather against Carolina Panthers, now I've got something to be concerned about, to be honest with you. I need to see not just the players come into week ten with a different approach, with a different attitude. I need to see the coaches come in with a different approach and different attitude. Because what you're doing right now the last two weeks, not working. Maybe it worked a little bit better against Las Vegas. I don't know. Maybe we need to go compare the Las Vegas film, the Green Bay Packers film, to what we've seen the last two weeks. I don't think we're seeing the same football team. And yet, Chef, you mentioned your 20 years or so of watching Buccaneers football. Listen, I've been covering this team now for six seasons. I've been watching football for as long as I can remember. And I can tell you without a doubt, it's not even close. That is the worst performance. With the Buccaneers digging the New Orleans Saints, the worst football performance I have seen from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in my entirety. And that is saying something. Because if you've been watching this team for the last decade, two decades, whatever, you've seen some stuff. And if you've been listening to this show, then you know about our friends over at Built Bar. And they've got a new product, Built Go, that will make you the best you at whatever you do. Built Go is here to help you break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Break through it with Built Go every day. 
comes in easy to take one and a half ounce packages. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast and it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff like beta alanine, B3 honey, and a kick of caffeine, B6 and B12. The collagen promotes joint soft tissue, hair, and skin health, so it's literally going to make you look better and feel better. Visit BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you will get 20% off of your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Segment three coming up. Hi, guys. JT from Texas. I want everybody to calm down. Don't freak out. We did the same thing to the Packers a few weeks ago, and they still look like one of the best teams in the NFL. So everything's going to be okay. The only thing I see that's a problem is that we're consistently doing this kind of thing in primetime games. Guess what? Playoffs are primetime. I hope we get that figured out before we get there, but I'm not freaking out over this ball. Maybe we save some stuff for the next meeting we have with the Saints. And that one, maybe we can get a win. Go Bucks. Segment three on Tuesday here at the Locked on Bucks podcast. JT calling in as the voice of reason for Bucks Nation to lean upon as we look forward to week 10 against the Carolina Panthers. And look, JT makes a really good point in that call, guys, and you need to listen to it and you need to take heed to it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers just a couple weeks ago, just a few weeks ago now, absolutely embarrassed, demolished Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in Raymond James Stadium. Now, it wasn't a primetime game. But that was a team, the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers was an MVP favorite. The Green Bay Packers were supposed to run away with the NFC North. They were going to cruise into the playoffs, all of that stuff. You saw Jamal Williams celebrating in the first quarter. You saw Aaron Jones celebrating in the first quarter. You saw Aaron Rodgers thrusting his hips in the first quarter. And then what happened by the end of the game? Absolute embarrassment. Trust me, Packers, Nation, whatever they call themselves, Cheesehead Nation, could not have felt good coming out of that game, could not have felt confident coming out of that game. But... Like JT said, the Packers are still considered playoff contenders. They're still considered a threat to the crown, to the Lombardi Trophy against Kansas City Chiefs, if they even make it back to defend their title. So there's a lot more football to be played here. And again, the way that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come back from this is going to be the key. We talked about it coming out of the Giants game, and we're going to reiterate the same lesson here. Adversity is good. Adversity is what you want. You go back to that undefeated New England Patriots team. They face very little to almost no adversity during the season. And it wasn't really until they got to the Super Bowl that they got punched in the mouth and didn't have an answer. And I wouldn't even say they really got punched in the mouth anyway. Eli Manning, the helmet catch and all that stuff. Kind of some amazing things went down in that Super Bowl that led to that loss. But the bottom line is the New England Patriots kind of went unabated throughout that entire season. Really didn't have a contender to the throne until they got to the championship match. And that is when the New York Giants were able to take advantage of the fact that that team had not grown through struggles. And this team is growing through struggles right now. This, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team Offense, defense, special teams, except for Ryan Suckup. Coaching staff, all of it. Everybody's growing through some of the struggles that this team is having right now, and it's going to be all about how that coaching staff takes those struggles, takes that adversity, turns it into lessons, the leaders in the locker room, how they convert that to energy on the field. And to me, guys, that's really the biggest difference. Going back, Even going back to that Packers game, we talked about earlier in this episode, it's going to be a theme probably all week, to be honest with you. This team's got to come out with an energy that we haven't seen before. Again, not trying not pressing with an energy. Go out there and have fun. You're playing football for a living. 
Go out there and act like you enjoy. Act like you're doing it on purpose, right? So JT, I love the message, brother. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you keep that spirit up. And that's going to be the last call that we take for this episode. We do have some others, and maybe hopefully James and I can get to those tomorrow as we get ready to turn the page. We will finish up our thoughts from the game against the New Orleans Saints and then turn our eyes ahead to Week 10 against Carolina Panthers. It will be my last episode of the week as James is helping to facilitate my move into our new house. My wife and I are closing on our house on Friday. So James is helping me by, t- by covering the show for the rest of the week after tomorrow so that I can finish packing up my family and getting us ready to get out of our current house and into our new house. So tomorrow will be the last time you hear from me, but Locked On Bucks will be here for the rest of the week. James will be here for the rest of the week. Bill Rossetti on Thursday, crossover Thursday, Locked On Panthers, Locked On Buccaneers is coming up. So stick with us here all week as we get you ready for the Week 10 game against Carolina Panthers. Until we speak again, Bucks fans, if you're out and about, please be safe, be healthy, Be kind to one another, wash your hands, and thank you so much for joining me right here at Locked On Bucks.